Welcome back or welcome to the Single Track Podcast. I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and in this episode, we are talking with Olivia Amber, a professional trail runner for the North Face based in San Francisco, California, who is preparing for the Ultra Trail Cape Town 100K event in a few days. This was our first time chatting on the pod, so I think you will enjoy some of the background conversation we have in addition to the Cape Town stuff. With that, let's get started. All right, Olivia Amber, welcome to the Single Track Podcast. Thank you for having me. First timer. First time and hopefully not the last time. Um, but it is our first time meeting and I would love to get some background. We were just talking offline about how you are an alumnus of Colby College. And from what I understand, there's a great Nordic skiing tradition there, among other things. And you had a career in that sport. So can you talk about how you ultimately made the pivot into our world of mountain ultra trail running and sort of what was at stake, like what the motivations, inspirations were? Yeah. So running was always one of my favorite parts of training for skiing. I definitely never expected it to become my main sport, but it was definitely an activity I always enjoyed. Um, And yeah, I mean, I grew up ski racing with Corinne Malcolm, who I think a lot of people listening to this probably know or are aware of. She's now a runner for Adidas Terex. Um, She actually was on the U.S. biathlon team, but we grew up skiing together in Wisconsin. And so I've known her since I was like eight years old. And I sort of followed her uh, transition into this running scene. And it was definitely really intrigued and inspired by what she was, what she was doing. I remember when she ran her first 50 miler and one, and it was this whole thing. And I was like, I can't believe people are running 50 miles. That was just so foreign to me. And I was so much on the skiing side that I wasn't really paying that much attention to what was happening on running side. But I remember just being so inspired by that. And I think it's always been an activity that I've loved to do. And I definitely did some races in the summers during ski training and um, was always something that I, I liked to do. But I think moving to San Francisco where I live now kind of pushed that even more forward and faster mm. just because there is no snow here. So once I did leave skiing, it was kind of this easy transition, a way to get outside. Um, but yeah, I would say like uh, motivations and inspirations were Corinne and also just the community. Once I moved to a place where it was such a big activity, um, I'd say the people primarily Hmm. (laughs) were the motivations and inspirations. (laughs) Well, Corinne Malcolm is one of the best inspirations you could probably have in this sport. That's amazing that uh, you had a relationship early on in life and it's just (laughs) at this point in time. That's amazing. Um, You mentioned being in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned being in San Francisco and how conducive that is to growing a career as an ultra runner. Can you get more into the specifics of what it's like there, how you've benefited from the scene, how you've grown your abilities, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, you can run here year round, right? Like it's never that cold. It's never snowy. If it is cold, you're still able to wear shorts. I literally have never gone for a run here with anything but shorts. I've never worn leggings for a run. (laughs) Um, I'm sure some people disagree with me on that, but Bear with me. I do come from a ski background, so I'm used to it being cold. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, the climate's really conducive to running because um, it's also never that hot either. You're never getting crazy triple digits. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
Yeah, I think there's that. I think the trails also, there's just so many trails and there's so much variety from, mm. you know, these fire roads that run like, you know, a paved road would, but they're gravel to, you know, techier single track on Tam to Diablo, which is even has some techier trails yet. And I definitely need to get over two more. Um, and the, yeah, there's just, there's so much in the point race trails that are like single track but buffed out there's just so much to offer that it's just easy to fall in love with it um and also from the community standpoint there's just so many group runs and so many people that are just so welcoming Mm -hmm. and i think it did help coming from a ski background in a way because i do think a lot of people from endurance sports fall into running um at some point in their life and so i I did know a couple of people loosely, like friends of friends who were here and running. And so it was just a way for me to sort of get out and get out of the office. And it was easy. It's just throw on some shoes. I mean, obviously, we can get a little bit more crazy than just throwing on shoes. We all know as ultra runners that it's not always as simple as just running. But for all intents and purposes, you know, getting into it, it felt really simple. I wasn't waxing skis. I wasn't, you know trying to figure out what the temperature and saturation level of the snow was. It's just put on some shoes and go and chat with friends. And so I think, yeah, those were, I think that answers your question, but yeah, those, there were a couple of different reasons why I think um, SF sort of grew the love of the sport for me. Um, But the trails and community were definitely the top two, top two reasons. One more thing that stood out to me as I was doing research for this conversation Based on LinkedIn, it looks like you have hit pause on a tech career or you're on some sort of sabbatical and you're doing ultra running full time. Is that correct? Yes. Well, okay. So I did move to SF for a corporate job. Um, but I, yeah, and I am kind of on what I'm calling a sabbatical. I did leave my job this summer. Um, so it's not technically sabbatical because I think most of the time when people use that term, it means they're going back to the job that they had. I am not. Um, but I do plan to go back to work, um, within like a year, my partner and I sort of planned on doing this. And as a part of our plan of taking time off is mainly to travel in South America and get some climbing and running and surfing Mm. in down there for a chunk of time. Um, but also I really wanted to take a chunk of time off to just focus and train on a race for a race. And it was really challenging with the job I had before to get really good training blocks in. There was always right. so much happening and so much stress at work. I just didn't feel like I had the mental, emotional, or physical capacity to really put in the training blocks that I knew I could mm-hmm. had I had less stress, uh, life stress. And so I was really excited to take a little chunk of time to, to really focus on that and do that. Um, because I think it'll set me up really well for my future in the sport as well as I think Right now, it's kind of showing me what it takes. I'm curious, with obviously, where, how that will pan out with yeah. the race, um, since there are obviously so many other variables outside of just fitness with ultras. But yeah, I mean, uh, I I am doing the training full time right now. I'm not planning on doing that forever, but I do plan on taking a a, a more focused and strategic approach to my training and what. I'm doing as well in the future. So I think I'm in, I'm in a kind of big transition point, which is really exciting. Well, it seems like you've been utilizing the opportunity to the max based on Strava. You've been 
training at a consistently high level since mid-September. I saw that you did a pretty significant long run with friend of the podcast, Rod Farvard, a couple weekends ago. Can you talk about how training has gone and, and what you're drawing confidence from heading into this race? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, that run with Rod was so fun. He actually, usually when people come to the Bay, if they don't already live here, they're like, oh, can you plan a route? And I love route planning. But he was like, I have a route plan. Let's do this. <laughs> and I was like, sick, let's do it. And so, yeah, we did this awesome route. And actually, I, I think I ended up on two new to me trails, which was shocking because wow. I thought I had done all of the trails. And I was like, wait a second. Whoa, Rod, you're showing me some new stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, tar- sorry, that was a little bit of a tangent. But um, I guess, yeah, the training's been going really well. It's definitely the proudest training block that I've had in my running career. But Mm. then again, my running career has been quite short. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm really excited about how everything's gone. I've been focusing a lot on heavy weightlifting um, at least once a week. Um, So strengths uh, coming from a ski background always been a really important aspect of training for me. I think it's kind of what's kept me healthy and alive and working for for this, for putting in so many more miles. And, you know, I didn't change that much with my training coming into this training block, except just really upping the volume. I never really done doubles before. It just wasn't going to work with my, my workload. I just, there was no way I was going to be able to Mm. fit in two runs in a day um, with my job. But I started playing around with that, which was really cool. I learned a lot about how my body receives doing those doubles and what fatigue feels like and how that can change throughout the train block. It was just a really cool uh, experience doing that. And so that was a new thing. was able to focus even more on the strength component, which was really nice. Um, and other than that, just, yeah, increase in volume and, and off we go. <laughs> Talk about how Cape Town came on your radar and why you're, in, why you're motivated or inspired to do it. Yeah. Okay. That's a, okay. So I guess I had four criteria for my end of year race. One was something longer than 50 miles to Mm. capitalize on the big, slow mountain miles from the summer. Um, Two, I wanted it to be something international. I wanted to take advantage of my time off work and get more experience with international starts. So it felt like it would be a waste not to, to, to try to do that. Um, three, something well-known and that had a really competitive elite field. Mm. Um, and four, something that has somewhat rugged terrain or at least something, you know, I just didn't want it to be that runnable. Some, a course that I could just get really excited about. So Cape town fit all of those things. Um, and Corinne and my coach were like, you should totally do Cape town as your last race. So they recommended it among a few others. And I honestly don't even remember what they were at this point because my brain's just been like totally focused on Cape Town. But it really stood out to me because it just easily fit all the criteria I just listed. And so, yeah, I chose it. And like it it, it pretty much was like within a few hours, I was like, I think I should do Cape Town. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do Cape Town. And then I was like, okay, we're doing it. Training block. Let's go. Given that it's international, given that it's halfway across the world, what do you what do you know about this race right now? Like what what kind of homework or research have you been doing to familiarize yourself with the demands of the race? Oh, I'm you know, I'm super fortunate to have teammates like Meg McKenzie, who's from there, 
Steph Howe and Patty O'Leary who yeah. have done the race in the past. And so I got a lot of course beta and, I, and, and, and stuff from them. So I have a whole page of notes that I've taken on the course. Um, I also love spreadsheets and maps. So I have put together a spreadsheet with everything I need to know from a pacing and terrain perspective. And, you know, from a map perspective, that maps is so great because you can just upload a GPX and you can just do a flyover. So I've just been watching the flyover of the course a bunch and just like sitting there and just kind of meditating <laughs> on that. But, Love that. Uh, you know, it's not so detailed. So I'm sure it's like missing some important things. But I feel like, yeah, I feel like I've done pretty solid research, but I think there's going to be so much that is going to be unexpected and new, which is also exciting. We talked about how this has sort of been a breakthrough training block for you in terms of what the work you've been able to do in like a two to three month span, given that, what do you think the payoff is going to be on race day? Like, what are your expectations heading in? Do you have any, any goals for this race? Yeah, my goals are to be present, to hmm. run my own race, hopefully make some new friends. And I definitely want to cross the finish line having just totally pushed my absolute hardest. Um, my expectations are that the competition is going to be fierce. I expect to dig really, really deep. Um, of course, I'd love for my fitness, which feels the best that it has been, especially from an endurance perspective. I, you know, I'd love for that to shake out to a great result. I think I do need to be careful setting expectations around the result mm. piece just because, I've never raced this distance before. So who knows? Like, yeah. did I do the right gut training? I think so, but I've never tested it at this distance before. So I think there's so many unknowns. I I think my expectations are to have to deal with them, push through them, hurt a lot, but keep pushing on. And my goal is to just, yeah, keep pushing on and be really present. <laughs> Last question we have for you, and this is for all the gearheads out there. What shoe are you wearing on race day and why? North Face, of course, because they're the best. <laughs> what model? Well, so I can't really share details on that. My teammates and I have been competing in a range of prototypes. Interesting. Um, and they're all – so the styles are coming to, to market next year. Um, mm -hmm. But put it to you this way, I'm really excited about – what I've been wearing and yeah, you'll see it. You'll probably see it online like next spring. That's all I can really say though. <laughs> awesome. Well, Olivia, pleasure to meet. We are looking forward to watching your race unfold uh, a couple days from now. And I think it's going to be great. The live coverage sounds like it's going to be at the same level as UTMB and the Arvipa stuff in Western States. So um, a lot of fun to be had. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Excited. Thanks for listening. Before we sign off, if you are a fan of the show, please consider supporting us with a rating and review in your podcast player, a donation on Patreon, or the use of our sponsored discount codes in the show notes. Thanks again. We really appreciate your support. Really appreciate you listening. Until next time, I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and you have been listening to the Single Track Podcast.